I'm planning on presenting for less than half of our time and um, leaving at least half time to do Q&A. So we'll see how close I get to that. And our objective is to figure out how to prepare our graduates to flourish on their own by increasing their independence now. And that isn't simple. I do believe that we are at the graduate level of parenting, maybe even doctorate level, because when we are working with you know neurodiversity, there's a lot of stuff that comes up. So the bottom line is, I believe after parenting six neurodiverse kids, four on the autism spectrum and growing up in an autistic household, my dad, I'm pretty sure is autistic. My mom, I would guess, yes. I'm very, very suspicious of my brother and my sister. We have aunts and uncles and nieces and cousins and all kinds of people that are on the autism spectrum. And I was seriously clueless for the first 61 years of my life. Okay, maybe I won't be that hard on myself, but I really didn't have an idea of, you know, of what the impacts were of an autistic brain on how to navigate through life. So I had to go take myself to school, which I've done with the help of my graduates. I have two still at home and they challenge me and keep me real all the time. In fact, five years ago, they said, you're not qualified to do this coaching thing. And I said, you're right. I'm going to learn. And just recently they said, oh, as long as it's not counseling, like something that requires an education degree, you're okay, mom. <laughs> so I didn't want to differentiate between counseling, which is something you have to have a degree in, and what I do, which is coaching and teaching and mentoring. I leave the counseling to the professionals. I'm a mom helping moms and graduates and other parents navigate this road. I believe that we are their first teacher, and when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Here we are. And then our objective is when the student is truly ready, the teacher disappears. And that's our goal. That's that saying you've heard before. When the student's truly ready, we want to be able to back out of their lives and have them handle everything that comes up. And that is a tall order because we know that there's just a lot to learn. So it's complex. The impacts, the traits of autism cannot be underestimated. And we need to get up to speed on, you know, how to do that. And here's the thing. My approach is a team approach. It's a partnering approach. It's different from others who want to coach the autistic individual. I have done that with my kids and then I feel left out. I feel like I don't know what they talked about. I don't know what they're working on. And I don't know how I'm supposed to support them if I don't know those two things. So my approach is to bring both the graduate and the parent together on the same page so that we can partner together to solve these problems. And when we do that, we strengthen our connection, which is, you know, all the love in the world for them. And they begin to see us as people rather than authority figures. And that's what I think needs to happen. They need to have the energy. They need to do the work. They need to know how to love the people who support them. Those are the three things that they need to do. And that's what's inside the art of adulting. We need to understand them, understand what's going on, understand what the best approach is, understand how we're going to figure this out, connect with them and with ourselves, because there's a lot going on here. Whenever we are trying to move ahead, change, do different actions, we come up on our own resistance. And it's so helpful for us to notice that because once we figure out what our resistance is and how we work our way through that, often 
It's the same approach that our graduates need to take. So if we can be on this parallel path together, them at the beginning of their work life, us at the end of our work life and transitioning into retirement or whatever the last trimester is going to look like for you, we're kind of on a parallel path because neither of us have done this before and neither of us know exactly how to get what we want. So that's why my approach is dual. It's not singular, just to focus on the autistic graduate. And this way is, it's an uncharted way. We didn't get manuals when they were born, and we certainly don't have a manual for what we want for the rest of our life. We have to create it ourselves. And that's what this process does for us. Now, we want to do this, of course, the way we want to progress is in a peaceful way. That's what I help you cultivate is the peace that we need. But why is this so hard, by the way? It just seems like it's really hard. And I think the answer is that, again, we both don't have a roadmap and we both are really navigating things that we've never done before. And we have lost some structure in our life. So we've lost the structure of school. We have lost the structure of predetermined responses. I mean, when they were in school, they knew what to do. We knew what we need to do, you know, show up at all the teacher conferences and anything that they do in sports or arts or whatever. We had a roadmap. We specifically had discipline. We knew how we were supposed to respond. Hey, if you don't get that done, you will not graduate. And the third discipline that is built into the school system is expansive discipline. They had to expand. Every time they moved up a grade, we had to expand every time they moved up a grade too to figure out what the supports were that needed to be in place so they could be successful and graduate. And they did. Yay. Okay. Now what? And a lot of us identify with that phrase that we fell off the cliff when they did. They need energy. We need understanding. They need the energy to do the actions in spite of the fear that comes up. And that means they need to have money to fuel their life. They need to have strong mental health so they can deal with the anxiety that comes up, strong physical health so they get themselves to bed, they move, they do the things that they need in order to have the right amount of health in their life. They need the energy. That's number one. If they don't have energy, nothing gets done. We need to understand them and their struggles so that we stop jabbing, judging, abandoning, blaming, and shaming them. We want to stop doing that. We want to stop suggesting, advising, and criticizing because that just puts them into protection mode. And we want them in connection mode. We have work to do ourselves. I remember doing this in 2016. In 2015, I really screwed up and didn't go to the doctor when I had a UTI. It ended up in a kidney infection which put me into the hospital the night that Derek Huff and Bindi Irwin were doing their final dances. I'm really sorry I missed that, but I was in the hospital fighting for my life. They actually asked me if I'd had a signed DNR because I was septic. Thank goodness the last bag of saline worked and I spent six nights in the hospital on IV antibiotics over Thanksgiving, which it was really cool because my kids made it and brought it to the hospital. So, you know, it's a good memory but it was a definite warning to me that I had to change the way that I was operating. This was in 2015, 2016. At the same time in 2016, my son was contemplating suicide and he told me that the therapist didn't help. And I thought, okay, we have to figure this out, just the two of us. So we agreed to walk every day at five o'clock. 
That helped me stop working, which I needed to do because I would just work myself into a corner. That's how I escape is just work. Because that was very much emphasized in my family growing up. That Protestant work ethic was definitely there. It's part of my nature too. And he just needed to think through what was going on in his head. So we walked and I learned to zip my lip. I had to zip my lip because I needed to really listen and validate where he was so that we could connect, so that we could partner together to come up with a solution. And it took me a while. It had happened that I'd already put together um, some of the tools that I teach in the art of adulting after 9-11, which is when I fell into a depression dip because the last of our six, we've had seven, but our six living children were diagnosed with a learning difference. And I kept telling myself, I don't know what to do. And so I just got organized, which is my modus operandi and got to work, which is also what I do all the time. And I divided my life into nine, now 10 domains and figured out what I wanted in each and what was I going to do. And I just went down the list and got as much stuff done, but I wasn't parenting the way that I needed to parent. I was yelling at them. I really wasn't understanding what was going on. So it wasn't until after I nearly died that I figured out I needed to shift the way that I was living my life. And I want to share my lessons with you because Lord knows I do not want you to go in the hospital like I did. So I found Martin Seligman. He did a TED talk and he's just fantastic. He did a TED talk 20 years ago. He was the president of the American Psychological Association. And he talked about what we need to do is operate as much as possible from our signature strengths. And as a parent, we need to move from being a manager to a mentor. And that's what happens when they shift from being a child to an adult. So the first thing with the signature strengths is he instructed me on what we need to do to flourish. And that's we need to craft our life using our strengths as much as possible. And we need our kids to know what their strengths are because so often they look at themselves and their deficits. And that's exactly what my son was doing when he was contemplating suicide he was telling himself all the ways that he didn't measure up to his own expectations. What a relevation. So we needed to craft those expectations so they know and are confident that they can meet their own expectations. That's the current thinking about the reason why we fall into a depression. And I identify with that fully because I was saying, I don't know, and believing that I was not the parent that I needed to be for them because I didn't know anything about special ed, IEPs, 504s. I knew nothing about any of that. And I needed to get up to speed quickly. All right, I did that. But now what? There aren't any IEPs. There aren't any 504s. There may be the Americans with Disabilities Act, but it, let me tell you, the implementation of that act could use work. So here's how I think about my parenting role now. As parents of adult children, we need to put on our crown because this is what the British royalty is only allowed to do. They are only allowed to encourage, to warn, and to collaborate. And I think that's perfect. You know, when you look at King Charles or the former Queen Elizabeth, all they can do is encourage what they want and warn about things that have happened in the past and to collaborate however they can. And that's our new role as parents of autistic graduates. Then they need to do the work and we need to connect. So they need to do the work because if we do the work for them, they won't learn anything. And that's the point. So the second of three parts on the autistic adulting roadmap is that they need to do the work and we need to connect. 
So the work is we ask them what they want. You see the energy, work, and love. Those are the three disciplines they need to develop. And these are the 10 domains of life. I've designed them so that they are mutually exclusive. They pretty much are different and collectively exhaustive. Most of the places you go where you look at a life plan, they forget about things like doing the dishes and taking care of the computer. So I have really lived with these domains since 2001. And I really believe that when we focus on what we want in each one and we do what we need to do to create that, we will flourish together. And flourishing is the objective. So the listening that we need to do is a validation form of listening. And it's validating the heart. I cannot emphasize this enough. We tend to tell our kids what to do using logic. And we cannot start with logic. We have to start with the heart. We have to start by validating the way that they feel. It's not the same thing as I agree with what you're doing or you're right or any of that. It's that I can see what's happening with you. We validate their emotion. It's not a lecture. It's not a suggestion. It's not a piece of advice. And it's not a criticism of what they've been doing. It's just a tiny soundbite. And then we zip our lip. It took me a year to just shut up and just really validate what he was going through. And I can tell you now, eight years later, we are much closer and he is much further along in creating the life he loves that works. And that's what matters. So the third step is they need to learn how to love, which is an interesting challenge because they need to learn the reciprocal nature of loving other people. And, you know, how do they assert what they want as opposed to just mask and do what everybody else wants and all kinds of other skills and tools they need to use in the work world. Okay, it would be great if they would practice them at home. First, it's a safe place and it's a great place to get started. And then we know they're going to need them in the work world. We know they will need them there. They will need to be able to articulate their strengths when they're in the interview and their weaknesses, and they need to know how to partner with the team members that they're working with. I mean, they need to do a lot at work that has been a challenge in that partnering people skills, social skills, whatever you want to call it, area of relationships. So that's what they need. And then the last thing is we need to figure out what's going on with them and sort things out with them using a tool I call the SEER map. So what I want to do is show you first, these are the seven adulting habits that heal anxiety one step at a time. This is not a magic wand. This is not a sprint, obviously. We all know we're on a marathon here. We have no idea where the finish line is. It could be another decade after they graduate. It probably will be before they are able to, but we'd sure like to be faster if we can. And this has been the fastest way that I've found. So I had to figure out how do we feel the fear and do things anyway that need to be done. We have to feel the fear and act anyway. And feel the fear and do it anyway is a book by Susan. I don't remember her last name. Anyway, it's a classic. It's available. She's no longer alive. But if you want to read that book, I have a one page, maybe two page summary of the book in The Art of Adulting that you can look at because she really approached it well. 
She also approached it from a neurotypical standpoint. I think though, she addressed the anxiety piece really well, but we have to address it even better than ever because I believe that anxiety and autism are so linked together that they're always present. But we can improve the way that we deal with our anxiety. There's no question in my mind that we can heal ourselves one step at a time so that anxiety just doesn't drive the car. As Oprah says, we need to feel the feel and grab the wheel. This is how we grab the wheel. We accept what's going on. We believe we can make it better. We connect our mind and our body, our wise and our childlike parts to come up with how we're going to think about this situation, how we're going to live through this unwelcome challenge. But there's going to be more unwelcome challenges for the rest of our life. So we might as well figure this out. We anchor on what we really want and who we want to show up as so we can flourish. We think about the thoughts that are going to work for us better. We notice first what they are, and then we decide, do we want to keep those thoughts or not? And then we take the action. We do the experiment. Wow. We have learned so much. And then we partner with each other to debrief what's happening. So we're not driving the car anymore. We're in the passenger seat helping them navigate through whatever challenges they come up on. And the best tool I have found that helped me out of my own depression, kept me out of depression when I had to stop taking my antidepressant because it was making my heart race. After 15 years, it just decided to do that. So I had to get off of the antidepressant and rely on myself instead of psych meds. And lots of other side effects disappeared, which I'm grateful for. I'm also grateful for those psych meds because they got me through a rough period in my life. But I really do want my kids to know the skills that they need to know the skills just in case what happens to me might happen to them where they can't take their meds anymore. So the way that we use this tool to manage our mind is we realize that the situation is out of our control. We have to accept, we have to go on that first step of the adulting habits is we accept. It's what they do in every AA meeting where they say that serenity prayer, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the ones that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So that's the situation. Those always trigger thoughts, emotions. That's kind of a pair of thoughts and emotions. It's hard sometimes to know which one comes first. It doesn't matter which one comes first, but how we think about things drives the way that we feel about them. So it's really important to notice that. And then that's going to generate the actions and the results. So that's what ends up with the steer map. And then I kid my graduates because I give them the Spock hand, the Vulcan salute when I am teaching this. So hopefully it helps them remember it when they need to. So this is the tool we teach inside the art of adulting at the coaching calls among many tools. We get together Tuesdays and Thursdays separately from the parents, from the graduates, and we just work through how to get what we want from our life together. So I mentor, I teach, I coach in whatever way I can, because this is the help I needed and didn't get, and I still need it. So I'm always uplifted by both groups, and I love helping people who have autism and I love helping people who love the people who have autism. So I offer two options. You can come into my program. It's now open. I only have a handful of openings for this, but I do one-on-two coaching. That means me and you and your graduate at the same time. 
So we're all on the same page. No more going to the therapist. And then they come out and we have no clue on how to help them. We both learn the same tools. We both practice the same tools and we're both on this journey together. That's how I am different. Um, we'll get through a really strong introduction to the art of adulting uh, in five weeks. So we meet Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday for five weeks. And the other option, and you can come into either one first, and you don't have to come in through the private because I don't have time for everybody to do that. But the ones who would like to get the real bolus, they really feel as if they need it now. Let's do that. The second option is that you can join at $100 a month per family. That means both graduate parents, grandparents, whoever really wants to help for six hours of live coaching each week. And the tool chest, the tool chest comes in the form of a living document that's now almost 300 pages long, where you can click to all the various tools that I offer, or there's videos on the course inside the Art of Adulting for a quick start. And then I have one that I give you feedback every time you finish a unit. I mean, there's lots of ways to do this. So we can try to give you options so that you're not worried about whether or not you can fit this into your life. So that's it. That's the art of adulting. The flourish on their own masterclass that I did has exactly what I just explained. Click on that link in order to get what I just explained in a lot more detail. I really want us all to flourish in our families, regardless of whatever struggles and resistance we face. I'm going to ask you all to unmute yourself. Let me know your thoughts. Karen, I see you unmuted yourself. I'd love to hear from you. Yeah. So I actually did one of these sessions with you last fall, but couldn't really figure out a way to make the twice a week work with my uh -huh. work schedule. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to hear about the other option of coaching, which mm -hmm. I assume you work with the family to schedule mm -hmm. around their schedule. I do the best I can, except it can only be Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Would that work? Uh, I'm in Central. 10 a.m. is smack in the middle of my work day. So that's the hard part. I know. I know. I just don't know how to clone myself so I can do this evenings and weekends. I promised my family I wouldn't. So would it be possible, regardless of which one we do, if my daughter can attend Absolutely. and I record the other sessions? Absolutely. That I all the recordings are, if we do the one-on-one -on -one coaching, it's all recorded and it's all transcribed. So the transcription helps. If you don't want to sit there and listen to an hour's worth, sometimes you can read the yeah. transcription in a lot less time and get the key points better that way. So yeah, Karen, I'd love to talk to you about it. I'm going to send you a yeah. link as soon as this is over and you can put yourself right on my calendar. Okay. Thanks for your flexibility, but also having boundaries for your family. Yes. So. I had to learn that. It took me till I was almost 60. <laughs> <laughs> so when I'm impatient with my kids that they're not learning fast enough, I just have to look at myself and realize, oh, <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of like Oprah. It took me you know, like the 17th time to finally lose those 15 pounds. I remember her saying, why am I still talking about my weight? You know, and I so identify with that because it's just a struggle that it's hard to master. Did I answer your question? Okay, Karen. Yeah, that was perfect. Thank you. Okay, great. Come get on my calendar and we'll talk. All right, Nancy, what's up? I am curious if you have something that would help. Our son, you know, has a dog. I mean, he lives at us, with us. He's 26, full-time job, you know, Asperger's. And he um, has this dog. He doesn't know how to like interact with the doggy. That's just about him. So we got to figure out how to work with him to get him to. To love better. Yes. 
And that is for their own benefit, you know, because it comes back to them in spades. So that's what we teach one step at a time. Here's the trick, though. It has to be something they want to learn. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. so, Nancy, if it's not a part of, you know, what they're interested in, it's really hard to start with that. So we always start with something they want, because a lot of this change that happens while we're there happens inside and they start to extrapolate and go, oh, this also I could apply this here and I could apply this there. I remember that feeling after I listened to Judith Beck's book on yeah. how to think like a thin person, because I kept trying to lose those 15 pounds. <laughs> she introduced me to cognitive behavioral therapy in her process. I found her through Oprah. And I can't believe I finally did it. I have lost those 15 pounds and they're gone and they're not coming back. So those cognitive behavioral therapy techniques are really the basis of that steer map that I showed you. When we notice our thoughts and figure out how they affect us, we can choose the thoughts that we want. I mean, that's the best news ever. But our kids are just at the point in their 20s when they are capable of that metacognition. And now is the time to teach these tools. My daughter hated them at first. She kept saying, mom, stop telling me to look at my thinking until she went to the community college and took a class in positive psychology. <laughs> you just never know where they're going to get that positive reinforcement from what we're trying to teach them, right? Often they won't hear us, but they'll hear others. Oh, yeah. She came home and went, wow, mom, they're teaching the same thing you're teaching. I get it now. Really, she applied it though. That's the trick. She applied it when she went to that school dressed in a costume on Halloween and no one else had a costume on. And she was just embarrassed as heck. Thank goodness she talked to me and she went ahead and went to class and she had the best math teacher in the universe who had taught a lot of differently you know, divergent people, math. I could not pay this woman enough and thank her enough because she helped her through that class and really gave her all the listening and empathy that she needed to settle back down, finish the class and go home and come home to me. And she came home to me and said, mom, it really was my thinking. You never know when that door's going to open and something's going to come through and it's going to stick. And that's why this is a marathon, because that's a definite pain point I can hear the dog with you. If we can start with something that matters to them the most, then eventually they will pick up on these techniques and these tools and figure out how to get other things in their life that they want. Yeah, it's hard to figure out what means the most to them. Like it's impossible if we don't listen. And that's what I learned in those walks. I taught him the 10 domains and on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, we do the first four, the next three, and the next three. And last night we walked and he said, oh, we haven't done the domains. Oh, let me start. Okay. Finance, food, health is mental, health is physical. But this is eight years later, folks. It's what's worked in our family and it's what's working now with the people that are members. Okay. Okay. So who's got another question? Come on. We got 15 more minutes, folks. This is Karen again. So my daughter had a grand mal seizure last summer. Oh, shoot. First one. And so, you know, we're still trying to get medications adjusted. We got the anticonvulsant, no problem, but readjusting all of her antidepressants and anti-anxiety meds is still not where it needs to be. And she's really depressed right now. And I can't read her. I can't tell when it's happening. And bless her, she found a way to reach out and let me know. 
But I guess part of what I'm wondering is, is this the wrong time to start working on this? Because it sounds intense and maybe too overwhelming for somebody who's really depressed. Okay, so first thing, you can join first and they can come along when they are ready. Oh, great. Yes, I don't require both people every time. In fact, there's several appearance you'll see where the graduate's not there because things are just too chaotic at this point to bring them in. But what they can do now is help themselves because it's scary. I mean, yeah. a small seizure, that's obviously, you know, an anatomical thing that's happening in her brain that nobody has any control over, but thank God we have some medications that might help. But trying to get all that, you know, soup figured out is not easy. So I get it. You know, we've had to go up and down and around with psych meds all the time in this family. I'm very grateful that we have them. Some of our kids use them. Some of them don't. But we can always use these tools. We can always use these tools because that's what I use to keep myself from falling back into depression after I had to wean myself off my antidepressant. What does that look like? Well, you know, when we have to accept, we have to find out what's going on in our brain. That's when we write down our thoughts or record them in some way. If they've got dysgraphia, they can use a speech to text app. They're all over the place now. Email it to yeah. themselves. And then we need to believe that we can make things better. And that's about looking at our thoughts around belief as well, right? Because we just believe something is true until we look at it and decide, oh, maybe I can shift that. It can go from impossible to possible and maybe even to inevitable. And then we connect with our mind and our body and our wise adult and our young child inside of us, that part of us that's still using the techniques that we used when we were children and to you know notice what's going on now. All those things help us show up attuned and better attuned to them. I know you say you can't reach her now, but she's going to leave you some breadcrumbs. She's going to just drop breadcrumbs along the way. And if you reflect her emotion more and more and more, like, I get it. This is so frustrating that this medicine, we can't get it right. Oh God, isn't it awful just feeling depressed? You know, I felt that weight on my shoulders, things like that. You know, I just felt heavy when I was depressed and sleeping didn't do any good right? Because I could never get that real solid sleep that I needed. And so I can identify with her depression and talk about yourself in a vulnerable way. So she knows, oh, you've been on this path. You may not be me, but there are things that we have in common because we're both human, right? We don't always yeah. have to talk about autism as if that's the thing, because it's not always the thing. Right. Yeah, totally. But, you know, I've had massive depression too. And, you know, taking on a course was not something I could handle. She doesn't have to take a horse. Yeah. She doesn't. I just found that didn't work. I mean, I've done this now for five years yeah. and saying, you got to go through my course, start to finish to get the results just didn't work. People want relief now. I want to know what I need in this moment. So when you come to calls, that's what I identify. And that's what the 300 page document is that I have that you can control F or Command F on your keyboard and search for a keyword and it'll take you to where it is in that document. And then you'll click on whatever it is that you're, oh, there it is. It's a short explanation of what this thing is. Sometimes it's not so short. Maybe it's a page and a half, but usually it's a paragraph or two about what this is about. And then it has the links to the stuff in the class inside the course, but you don't have to watch them all. No way. I've got over 200 videos in there. You couldn't watch them all. <laughs> I wouldn't want you to watch them all, you know, before you could get the transformation. I want you to start feeling better, more peaceful now. 
That's what I needed. I needed to know what do I do now? How do I manage myself so that I show up as the parent I want for them? I knew that there was stuff that happened in my past. My parents were doing the very best that they could. I love them dearly. And I just want to get better at it than they were. Yeah. Can't go back. You know, my mom's 90. My dad's passed. My brother barely talks to me. And, you know, my sister and I sometimes get along. I mean, I want to do better. I want them to get along as siblings because they're going to need each other. And I want them to be able to come to me, you know, when they're stuck. Yeah, exactly. Makes sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Thank you for kind of changing my perception of, I need to make that clear. It's being schoolwork. Yeah, no, this is the opposite of school. Yeah. School is externally derived, right? They have the whole curriculum laid out. This is choose your adventure, right? This is figure out what you want and let's figure out how you get it. And let's figure out what tool works for you because not everything I offer works for everybody. Exactly. People are different. And so I give you lots of options. That way you can figure out which one works best for you. But here's the thing, you know, we got to get in the game. We can't just consume. That's not going to do what we want it to do. We got to get in the game. Yeah, that's super helpful. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. So Nancy, are you there? Yes. Yes, I'm, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Tell me what's up. My son is older than, he's 30 and yep. he lives on his own. He's got a couple of jobs. He's an artist. Considering that he was nonverbal till seven, I mean, it's amazing. But there's some things that, you know, he still struggles with. I guess they're not that important to him, like keeping his apartment clean and, you know, just things that for independent living and he doesn't have any siblings and I'm, you know, in my 60s. So I just, there's some things that I really would love for him to kind of get a handle on so that he is truly independent. And I don't know how motivated he is to do those things. I'm still very involved in his life, you know, in these little things. So I take him to work because he goes to work out like 6.30. Every once in a while, he doesn't wake up, you know, things like that. So things that are very important, right? If you're really on your own. So I don't know if this would be a fit for that. I don't know how open he would be for that because as you said, they're not things he's super, I mean, he's interested in eating and having a place to sleep. <laughs> and his screens. In, <laughs> gotta have the screens. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I have no and idea so that's thing, that happened. Right? He stays up too late <laughs> watching those stuff. That's yes. He can't wake up the next day. So, right. Just those kind of. That's where that, that energy piece comes in, right? <laughs> yeah. He did ABA therapy a long time. And then even in, in high school, we did some. And, we, and now I've got a couple of people working with him just a couple of hours a week on stuff. But I don't know if you think that this would be, I mean, I, I'm sure I could do a better job on my end, but also to get his buy-in on yep. the importance of some of these things for his life. It's kind of where my struggle is because if he's into something, like he's super into social media and posting his pictures and all that. So he's all about that. But if he's not into it, like you said before, there's nothing that motivates him, right? And some of the things that we think, you know, that you kind of need to have a successful life are not interesting to him. So Money's right. not important to him, et cetera, et cetera. So that's how can kind you of, not care know. about money? Give me a break. He, he doesn't care about money. I mean, as long as he's got work. enough for, he lives a very simple life. As long as he's got enough yes, for his stuff, he do. doesn't care about money. So, you know, the things that typically would motivate a man of his age don't. Yes. So <laughs> yeah. what you're, what you're illustrating is something that I talk about inside the program a lot. This is the motivation equation. And uh-huh. when I heard it, I went, ha, ha. You know, this makes a ton of sense. So if our kids don't believe that they can get what they want, that's the confidence piece. If they don't have confidence that they can get what they want, and if it's not important to them, their motivation is zero, right? Right. Even if it's a little bit better than zero, 
if they are highly distractible, meaning yeah. that it's, you know, there's so many other things they'd rather do and they don't know why they should focus on this one, that the reward isn't immediate because look at all the immediate gratification options that they have. Any confidence and importance they have gets undercut by the resistance, period. All right. So that's where we start where they are. I don't think they have to come to the calls right away. It's only if they if we get them interested sometimes. Now, some of my people, they brought their kid the first day and, and we're off to the race and it's all working. Uh, that doesn't uh, always happen. So uh, if you get it and you do your walk with your son or whatever it is, bike ride or whatever, and you start talking about, okay, let's just, let's talk about what really matters to you. Finances. You don't care about making any more money than you're making right now. Okay, fine. Here's what I have done to make sure that you have a firm financial footing. And I'm assuming you've done all that. I'm assuming you're connect you've connected him to food stamps and whatever aid he can get because of his disability. And I'm assuming your will establishes a supplemental needs trust with all the funds that he's going to get so he doesn't disqualify himself for Medicaid. Right. All right. that stuff has to be in place. So there's a lot on right. our to-do list that only yes. he can do. There's a lot on his to-do list that only he can do. There is some overlap. And that's where oh. we, we can act. I mean, you know, the thing about, because I don't live with him. That makes um, it harder because you just yeah. don't have as many opportunities. I mean, I see him every day because he walks the yeah. neighbor dog and I take him to work three times a week, et cetera. But in those as far far, as, those as, far as what far, he's, yes. know, as far as I'm so following glad, up on doing, yeah. I'm well, so glad ahead. you still have those trips in the car because you got to, that's your chance. Okay. That's so your you're chance. suggesting that I should just. I mean, I, he might buy into, I don't know if he would, but it's kind of, I mean, not so much into doing the course with me or whatever, but just buy into the importance of those things. Like he said, oh, you know, the short-term gratification of the watching the movie or listening to the music versus the long-term gratification of, you know, being able to pay the bills and having a clean place to live. That's yeah. where we're stuck. That's where we're stuck. I'm stuck anyway. It to makes him, it's not important. Sense. So <laughs> yeah, and it's not easy to figure out. But all we have to do yeah. is be willing to try some stuff and see what works. Okay, all right. That's what I, I love. Mel Robbins' definition of confidence is just the willingness to try. Right, right, right. I mean, he's doing great compared. I mean, he's yes, amazing. he's doing great. But there's just those things that would be ideal. You know, if he could get those into place for himself. Yeah, you um, sleep better at night knowing, you know, yeah, absolutely. You watched him do those things. You go, oh, okay, now yeah. I can, yeah, now yeah. I don't have to worry so much. Yeah. I may just try the $100 a month thing for, I'll, I'll look at your course and maybe try that one first and then move into it. So appreciate what you're doing because there's so many things for kids when they're younger, but then when they're grown up, it's like, okay. Now they're grown up. So what do we do now? <laughs> what do we do? So, and all yeah. these programs are so disparate. They don't talk to each other. They don't, I don't know. Right. They put yeah. these life plans in place that nobody looks like looks at except once a quarter or however, however often right. in order to get the approval. They actually right. take what they want in those 10 domains and they put it on their Google task list on their phone. No excuses that they can't find it. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, and the first week, by the way, is free. I think I forgot to mention that. The first week okay. of the dollar month program is free. And I'm okay. at that price because I really want this to be affordable. All right. I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. Sounds okay. Good. Bye. It's 12.01. If you're signing off, I'm assuming that means that you're good to go. So check out that email and come talk to me. Bye for now.